You're listening to Medically Unbiased. Unbiased. Offering an unbiased discussion about all things medical. See? An unbiased opinion. Medically speaking? Yeah. Medically Unbiased. What's up, man? How you been? Good. How about yourself? Oh, you know, every day is a holiday. And the greater Las Vegas metropolitan area. A holiday? Well, kind of, since we are the number one unemployment city in the entire country. We have the highest rate of unemployment. And we have the least capacity to get back to work because we're solely dependent upon tourism, which is shuttered because of COVID. And we're solely dependent upon disposable income which nobody has yeah you're absolutely right vegas has always been first the quickest to get hit yeah and the longest to come back yeah we're gonna be in a long recovery there's a i think last thing i read we're 35 percent on unemployment right now yeah the what skews uh what skews everything right now even though you're absolutely right with those numbers is the influx of California people coming here. There's right. So our population is increasing. Well, I'm like the housing market's still hot. Well, yeah, but people are selling a crap house in California and buying a huge house here. Correct. I'm, I'm just saying that we haven't, it's hard to see that we're struggling when there's hundreds of thousands of people probably coming from California to Nevada just to get out of California. Yeah. To escape whatever California I, is. I thought by now we'd be in a housing market, like a house, like a market crisis. Like, like nothing makes sense to the, but I, okay. So I also don't know much about the stock market other than I have money in the stock market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't watch it. I don't pay attention to it. I don't follow it. I couldn't tell you. So in that regard, I'm wrong. And I, I would guess wrong if I was trying to pick a stock, I'm the buy high, sell low guy. Cause I screw up if mm. I was trying to do it myself. Yeah. That's why other people do it. I just give them money and they do it. Yeah. So I'd be the wrong guy to pick whether the market's going to be good or bad, but I wouldn't think that the market would be good and that the housing market would be good when nobody's working. Correct. Because when this same, okay. And the reason for that, the reason for my logic there is that when the same thing happened in 2008 Mm -hmm. during the mortgage burst bubble and everyone was, Vegas was also under 35% unemployment at that time. Nobody had money. Businesses were shuttered, not closed by mandate by the governor, but nobody was coming to Vegas at the time because everyone was broke because the stock market crashed. Yeah. No one had any money. And when that happened, housing prices here were cheap. You could buy uh, what was previously a half million dollar house for a hundred grand. Yeah. Two, um, up upwards of two to three years from two thousand eight. Yeah, it wasn't just in two thousand eight. No, it was on. It was cyclical till all yeah. the way through two thousand ten. I think you could. Yeah, do two, that. So my house was value. I bought my house for four sixty five. Mm-hmm. And in two thousand and ten, and I bought mine in two thousand six. Right at the top of the bubble. At the very top of the bubble. You bought it at the peak. Yeah. Actually, I think it. Seven it was the peak. To, I think. Yeah, seven was the peak. So I think. Total all in at one point for my house, if you were to buy it in 07, would have been like four, 490. Okay. Somewhere right around there. Well, in 2010, I had it appraised 
and praise at two twenty five. Yeah, that's what I mean. But see, that was a that was a market reset, right? So it kind of made sense that that was the case. It it does, but in a way. But I am I, I, I think the numbers were artificial because of the freaking crazy bubble. Yeah, and I had my house I had my house appraised at the beginning of this year of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and it appraised out at four forty. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's come back, but I did it. But it took ten years. Oh yeah, I remember my. You're ten, you're ten years to get back to where you were, and you didn't make any money on your on your money. If you I just still put haven't, a, yeah. But if you just bought Bitcoin, <laughs> oh my god, right? For twenty five cents a share in two thousand ten, you would be a multi gajillionaire right now because it's worth what thirty eight thousand a share or something. It's, it's a lot, a lot of money. But here's the thing, I, which I did not do by the way. I refinanced my house in March because I thought. You know, with COVID lockdown, like I'm, I was in the same thinking the same way as what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I better get it because the feds had lowered their interest rate to zero. Mm-hmm. So there was an opportunity to get a lower price. Yeah, you get a lower interest rate. So I did. Payment can be lower. Yeah. I took advantage of that scenario. Absolutely. But once again, my mar- if, if I went and got my house appraised today, I think it would appraise about 450 I think it would be up about ten more thousand dollars. See, that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. I don't. I don't understand it. But then again, that's not my. I treat cardiac patients. So I don't. <laughs> I don't understand the markets. But all I'm getting at is the market will remain hot until it's not right. Until people True. stop coming. True. I think. I like personally. I think Vegas can see a huge decrease in housing market as soon as California opens up. If people are not leaving California. Well, they're leaving in droves. In fact, droves. I had a friend in Texas, and he said that people are making money driving U-Haul vehicles back to California because U-Haul is out of oh, really vehicles in Cali. So they can make a couple hundred bucks if you just are willing. The U-Haul will pay you just to move it back. So, And if you want to. Because so, they're going one way. Correct. Yeah. So U-Haul is always one way. But generally, it moves around the country. But the exodus from California is big to Texas, to Arizona, and some to here. So California, like if you want to rent a U-Haul to leave California to Texas, it was, I don't know, it was stupid, like five, 600 bucks. But if you wanted to rent one from Texas to California, it was like $89. Because <laughs> they need them. It's cheap. You know? But yeah. they, they were, I guess they were saying that they were paying people to bring them back. Paying people. Like you could. Let's do it, dude. I don't let's, know, it's not worth make, it to me. Let's make a hundred. I want, I want, I do not want to be in California. There's no reason for me to ever be in no. California. My goatee is illegal in California. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so in the news recently, I've been looking at just wild and crazy stuff's happened since we last talked. I mean, there was the whole thing at the Capitol. People are worried and freaked out. And, I have now, in my assessment of patients, started asking a question that I never never realized would have never needed to be asked. I never would have thought this was a question that I would ask the patient during a patient assessment. I said, how much news and social media do you consume on a daily basis? Hmm. That has become a question I ask in a routine medical exam irrespective of age, regardless of how old the patient is, especially if they have tachycardia, like normal sinus, but sinus tach, 
or uncontrolled, unregulated hypertension or resistant hypertension despite three or more medications and they're having crazy swings in their blood pressure and they're struggling to manage their pressures. Yeah. That has become a staple question of my assessment during the during my time with my patient. And I'm blown away to find that the consumption is through the roof. Oh yeah. People are consuming and so my patients as in a cardiac people don't know in a cardiac practice generally your patients are older, 65 and older. That's generally what you see. Although you do see a handful of younger patients and I say younger and the people listening to this show might think younger. You're seeing like teenage kids? No, everyone's an adult that I see, say 18 or older. However, my younger patients are 40. <laughs> you know, it's very it's rare that I see a 20-year-old for chest pain. Yeah. Or shortness of breath related to a cardiac event. So when I'm asking people, even my 65 and older patients, my quote-unquote geriatric patients, they are very offended about, and on both sides, it's not just uh, Republican people are upset because of Democrats, and it's not just Democrats upset because of Republican things. It's just that everyone's worried. They're literally freaked out about how, oh my gosh, this is just going to affect me, and it's so horrible. Yeah. And I have to ask him, I'm like, well, how did how did this directly affect you? What negative impact did this event, whatever event, the thing on January 6th, I guess it was when they, the Capitol thing happened, or any of the things that happened during the summer, what, what direct effect did it have on this person, the one person? So one patient was a huge Trump supporter. And they were very upset that he didn't win and the election was stolen. Like they're following the, I would say, the talking points of that particular party. Yeah. And they're upset. And I said, but how did it, like, how did it affect you? I know you feel that way. And so you feel that your vote was stolen. I'm having this like psychological conversation in a cardiac appointment that doesn't correlate. But their pressures are up and they're upset and you know they're upset. And the more they talk about it, then you can see their pressure just getting higher. And the more they talk about it, the more they're upset they are. So I'm literally now writing prescriptions. Stop watching the news. <laughs> I just never thought that I would get to that point in my life where I have to tell 60, 70, 80, 90 year old patients to get off of social media and stop watching the news or to have. So I've now had to become a little more knowledgeable about what's happening because I have to be able to have these conversations with these patients and say, you know, but yeah, you're very upset about that. But did you see this? Did you see X? To give them the counterpoint a little bit from a, in a safe space. So they don't think I'm argumentative with them, but yeah. just to say, Hey, you're, when you're in the weeds and there's like my ICU nurses that are so upset about COVID or a cop that all they see is bad criminals all day long. And they think everyone's a criminal. Those kind of things happen. So if you're only consuming one news media platform, you're only consuming one version, an echo chamber, if you will, from social media and everything follows your ideology and your thought process, you're going to be upset. But what are you really upset at? How did it affect you? Well, we know how it affected them. Huh. They had high blood pressure. 
It if I understand I, I, that. I'm like I get the I get why you're asking these questions because you know it's it's they're they're projecting their anxiety and fears and everything else internally. Yeah, it's an emotional reaction. Yeah, that's garnering a physical response for sure. And but you know there again you have. 70, 80 year old, 90 year olds, you get tip your hat that they're even using social media. Yeah, no, I, some I of totally them, get it. Some of them probably have no idea what social media is even about, but it's what they're watching, unfortunately. Well, so that's a very good point or a very good segue because in when they watched the news media and they consumed it like you would on a nighttime television show. And at the time when Walter Cronkite gave you the news, Walter Cronkite would sit down and deliver just the facts, almost like the old school Joe Friday, you know. Yeah. He would he would give you the facts. He would say, so take the Capitol riots, for instance. He would say, people uh, attacked or stormed or walked in unannounced to the American, to the Capitol today while senators and you know representatives of the house house representatives were were hidden from view and took protection and seek shelter yeah. you know as an attack as they felt it was an attack like he wouldn't use the racist anti-semitic aggressive negative thinking all these adjectives that Subjective. media yeah. use to portray this image of whatever's happening, right? Yeah. So he would have been he would have been objective. He would have yeah, said right. the facts. Like when so when JFK died, ever I'm anyone who's ever listened to Walter Cronkite has heard the him talk about JFK being assassinated. He goes, The president was assassinated today. At this time, you know, he didn't say racist assholes from the government or whatever whatever happened you know what i mean like he didn't say he didn't russian there was no there was no russian russians attacked us and killed the president or lying you know lying idiots with a manifesto there was none of that it was just president was assassinated which he was died at this time lyndon baines johnson will be sworn in as president aboard air force one Mm -hmm. which was true all of that was true and factual and it was up to the American public at the time to make a decision. So I feel that social media does a great disservice to the people who lived in that world because they perceive that the news media today is the same as it was then. Yeah. And they perceive that everything on the Internet is accurate. When you grow up with it, you and I both know that it's not. Correct. You know? Things can be made can be adjusted things can be you know right. things things are fake yeah unfortunately. Abs- absolutely things are fake all the time yeah but I don't know. it's just weird because i think they're believing that there's an actual problem when there's not so because they think it's real and because they think walter back to the walter cronkite thing yeah because they think that everyone who's giving the news and i see everyone that's probably a you know, pretty broad statement. There are, I'm not trying to paint every elderly person with the same brush. It's not my goal here. Yeah. But what I am trying to say is that I think that there's a disconnect between perception and reality. And I think it's distorted based on prior knowledge or prior, you know, experience. Yeah, I agree. You, I mean, if you've watched 
the, even just watching the social dilemma. Yeah. That, that little, we talked about that before we did that. You can go down, you'll go down that rabbit hole. It'll take you down that rabbit hole. And if you're, if all your news feeds is one thing mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again, I mean, my wife, listen, my wife, who's not 80, <laughs> right? She, she's not every I th- day. I thought you married a rich elderly woman. Yeah. And she's rich, <laughs> but she's, yeah. she, she watches, you know, she watches all this stuff that's happening and it, it bothers her. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, she is, you can see it on her face. Like you can tell, like if she had any pre-existing conditions, it would exacerbate it, all it, of those oh, yeah, totally. for sure. So like eczema, hair falling out, like all these things I think, but what I don't know, and I haven't met with any primary care physicians to ask them if they've experienced the same thing, but I can only imagine that primary care is experiencing something similar. I think they are, but I don't know if they're asking those questions, to be honest with you. I'm sure they're not, because the only reason I tuned into it was because I, over the course of the last few months, I've noticed more and more patients having these weird breakthrough, unregulated hypertension episodes where they'd never had before, and the social media and the news media is ramped up, like the volumes to 11, right? Yeah. So it's super high and everyone's on edge. And then there was the whole election cycle. And even in the doctor's lounge, there's doctors watching different channels and freaking out because someone's watching CNN and someone's upset because it's not on MSNBC and someone's upset because it's not on. Like, we could only have a couple. Yeah. Dude. How many TVs you need? Right. You know, you have a phone. You're good. Just look up what you need to look up. Yeah. So that being said, I think it's been really difficult for people to regulate their their consumption of news yeah especially being locked i don't think the pandemic's helped i think that's been a a negative because you're now locked down so what do you do you watch tv the people that otherwise wouldn't have been on social media be it my elderly patients maybe they've become now on it because they wanted to keep in touch with family and friends through facebook or through some social media platform yeah, that's or a through very good point. video chat, right? With Zoom. They learned how to use Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. And grandma can now yeah. interact with their grandchildren. So these technologies that they weren't previously utilizing because they didn't need to, they would go to the casino and plug in a bunch of quarters and pull the slot machine. That's the technology they were using at the time, right? Now they were shuttered and stuck in their homes. Yeah. So they've, just like anyone new you know, to the system, to the social media platform, you get stuck and four hours go by and you're down the TikTok video rabbit hole and you go, yeah. holy cow, nothing. I haven't, even, I'm not even out of my pajamas today. <laughs> you know, it's noon. What happened? Where'd the morning go? Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I, th- there should be a poll. They should do a poll for, for older people, mm-hmm. probably 40 to, and as old as you can get. Right. 40 and plus and say, okay, prior to 2020, how many hours, if at all, were you on social media? The irony is, is we probably don't need a poll because I guarantee you Apple or Facebook or Twitter has the statistics. Oh, I'm sure they can tell us. They could tell you the volume of utilization of their platform from 2019 to now. I bet it's went up. 
I, oh, it, it has, has to because Amazon's stock tripled or doubled, whatever it was. They went up, yeah, and people were buying more from online platforms. And then these people who didn't previously use a computer to do stuff are now having to shop online for groceries, yeah, and getting things delivered to the home, and they're per- making per- they couldn't go to stores. They did, and then if you're in a high risk category, so you're eighty and older, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people who live in town here. Are eighty and older. They sometimes they're snow birds. They come from Michigan or Wisconsin and wherever Illinois, and they come to town. They live here for six months, but then they were kind of locked down. They couldn't go back. The Whitmer in uh, Michigan wasn't letting anybody. <laughs> you couldn't even go between houses you owned in Michigan. You couldn't go between two homes if you owned both of them. You were going to be cited. You think she's going to let someone who lives here and lives there go back home? Yeah. So they were kind of probably not happened in March. So they were locked into being here all summer. I mean, there's just a lot of weird stuff that happened secondarily because of the pandemic that people I don't believe are talking about. And I think all of the struggles with blood pressure and all this stuff that I'm seeing in my clinic are directly related to social media, the political climate and their consumption of it at a record level yeah. that they've never consumed it before. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. Like eating eating with a fire hose. Yeah, you keyed on you keyed on something. I mean, we're utilizing more FaceTime. Yeah, in the hospital setting. Yeah, right. Obviously, because mm-hmm. you can't come and visit your, your sick relative. Right. Yeah. So there there there's a lot of people probably now on social media that never were on it twelve months ago or yeah. could care less to be on it, and now the whole world's plugged in. Right, and plugged into a to a level that they've never been plugged in before. Yeah. I mean, and so I think we talked about this. I, I thought I talked about this before. I can't remember. I have to go back and listen. But, you know, when you've got young kids coming into the world listening to social media, be it TikTok or Facebook, the bullying that happened to you and I as a kid when in our 40s, so the bullying that happened was personal. It was one-on-one. It was this kid in class doesn't like me and he's going to beat me up after school or he's pushing me down, whatever the level of bullying was. It was, it was isolated to our town, our college our school or high school or elementary, wherever you were in school, it was there. Now bullying is global. So if you're a young girl in a school and somebody bullies you, right? They say something negative and post a picture that they've modified about you and made a meme and it goes viral, and it's all over the net, I mean, yeah. a million people might see that. Well, we're not equipped emotionally. Our id, our inner psyche is not equipped to handle that level of negative response. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, you know, kids are creating, having suicides at a higher rate this year yeah. than ever before. Um, child abuse is up. We've talked about that. Yep. And then... One thing that I was really surprised to read, and I read this at the end of December, um, but the article is kind of important now, is that overdose deaths in San Francisco outpaced COVID deaths three to one. Ain't no one three talking plus about that. No, no one's saying anything about the overdose deaths. Well, we are. Well, yeah, because we're knowledgeable about stuff. So it was a little more than three to one. I didn't do the math, but it's pretty easy, three to one. So... 621 people died of drug overdoses in San Francisco at the end of the year. Uh, and 173 deaths were from COVID. So yeah. if it was 600 to 200, it'd be three to one. Yeah. Three, you know, 
So it's more than that because there's 621 over 173, but whatever. That's a that's a pretty high that's a that's a staggering statistic to me that says so what's more important? Because San Francisco seems to be a bastion of oh homeless live here, no problem, we're not gonna help you. Or drugs, we don't care, but we're not gonna prosecute drug crime, we're not going about drugs. But it's a big issue. That's a big I mean, Jimmy Christmas, drug overdoses. Yeah. And then why are they overdosing? Is it intentional? Is it accidental? It doesn't say that in the article. It doesn't break that stuff down because we know we both know there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, and what's weird is working in the ER for so many years, you learn that there are people who are absolutely capable of functioning, high functioning drug 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 addicts, excuse me, drug addicts that are highly functional. Mm-hmm. They may even have a job. They, I mean. In the 80s, people were snorting cocaine and working full-time gigs at big corporations. Yeah. You know? But why are they overdosing? And then the here in the article, it highlights that the painkiller fentanyl is being cut into a lot of the drugs. And it's so much worse than the actual drug when they use, this, use fentanyl. And I've been trying to figure out where's the fentanyl coming from because it's not like there's a whole bunch of fentanyl factories in san francisco so because of covid it's allowed for china to start and assist the drug overlords in mexico and now they're creating and manufacturing fentanyl which is a synthetic opiate they're manufacturing pure fentanyl but all of the support is coming from China and it's happening in Mexico on our Southern border. Mm. It comes over our border cut into all the drugs, heroin, cocaine and meth to give it a kick. Right? So I equate it to say adding sugar to a food, right? Yeah. So you're adding a sweetener to it so that can give you a high longer problem is these people were very adept at functioning on their normal level of street level drug, whatever that drug is. Yeah. They get this stuff cut with fentanyl and it, the potency is thousands of times higher. Yeah, so they're the dying. Roof. Yeah. They're dying. But let's not talk about in the news media, let's not discuss that as a problem. Let's not highlight the fact that that amount of people died. Let's just talk about COVID infection rates. Well, would be interesting with the deaths in San Francisco because it, you, as you said, as you reported, mm-hmm. it they didn't break it down. They just said that they died. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to hear or to know or to find out if those deaths at six hundred and whatever yeah. six twenty one was maybe you know four hundred of it was by suicide. That's right, because of COVID, because of lockdown, because, because of, of something, lockdown. right. Which is interesting because that's a problem because it's, first off, it's accessible. Right. People, there's plenty of people, obviously, if you're dying of drugs, you're getting it. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like you can't get it. But I also heard, you know, to follow up on that story is I, I've never been to San Francisco, but I've heard people that have recently gone to San Francisco and they have... um they were walking down the street, and you could see needles and drug paraphernalia I've heard that too, everywhere, yeah. which seems, once again, 
really odd for a place that is supposed to be, you know, beautiful, and you see it in the movies, you know. Well, forty. They say forty percent of the deaths happened in two little areas, two neighborhoods. Forty percent of the deaths happened, and last year, two thousand nine. I'm sorry, night two thousand nineteen showed a. 70%. I keep thinking we're still in 2020. Yeah, right. I haven't converted yet to 2021. So in 2019, there was a 70% increase. And at that time, 2,600 people were saved because of Narcan. This year, over 3,000 were saved because of Narcan. But we went from 441 people that died of drug overdoses in 2000. And 19 to 621 in 2020. And more people were saved. And more people were saved. So it's higher utilization of the drug. Yeah. And yet COVID deaths, remember, were 173. Now, currently, it's 220 or something in San Francisco. But at the time of the article, it was 173. Yeah. So, and this is from um, U.S. News, so... I'm not picky on my news sources, other than it's got to be actual news. I've verified it at a couple other locations. Yeah. Wikipedia, by the way, is not one of our news sources here. Uh, we, no. don't, we don't use Wikipedia, people. That can be manipulated. All right, well, let's take a break. We'll come back with some uh, other news that may not necessarily be COVID-related, but you have to pay attention. Ooh. Welcome back to Medically Unbiased. You've been listening to Medically. Uh, what I got? I've been playing with too many buttons. I've been off, dude. That's all right. You know what, people? I've been off of work. I've been. I love eating, it. I've been eating freaking pie and getting fat. I don't even know how to push fucking buttons anymore. It's been a bad day. Here, let's start over again. to medically unbiased my god now it sounds like we're a production studio gee many christmas sounds great mom i want some pizza i'm like in my mom's basement producing a fucking podcast here i don't know what i'm doing you gotta Um, you gotta do it more often and you'll yeah i'm getting there i told you my goals was to do more but it's been a while so i'm out of you know i know i'm out of touch well everybody we're back and I have to say, I have some goofy, goofy, goofy news for you. This is the best, most hilarious story I found yet. So, <laughs> the New York Times has posted, <laughs> I can't even tell the story without laughing because it's so funny. On January 12th, so not a week ago yet, um, and they updated it on the 14th, it says, an article by Catherine Wu wrote, if one mask is good, would two be better? Oh, my God, really? So she states that health experts double down on their advice for slowing the spread of coronavirus. So the headline says, if one mask is good, would two be better? And then below it says, health experts double down on their advice, which makes it seem, if you just read the headline, it makes it seem like health experts 
are then advising you to wear two masks. Yeah. And and if you've heard our podcast in the past, we already have a hard time with one mask. Yeah. Let alone two. Are you kidding me? So this is it just gets dumber as the article goes on, but I'm going to talk about it cuz people have read this, I'm sure, and it's a thing. Yeah. You know, and we got to highlight the dumb and the idiots out there as much as we highlight the actual science. So it it starts with like football coaches do it and president elects do it. So in other words, if everyone's doing it, it must be right. Follow the herd, please. Be a sheep. Don't think for yourself. Don't understand science because football coaches do it. Senators do it. President elect does it. You should probably do it too. The cool kids, the cool kids are all smoking this. You should smoke it too. That's what she's saying. In the in the first line of the article, it's already setting you up for, you know, failure as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um and then the, and then the second paragraph talks about double masking isn't necessary for everyone. So who is it not necessary for? For people with thin or flimsy face coverings, if you combine multiple layers, you start achieving pretty high efficiencies of blocking viruses from exiting and entering your airway, said Lindsay Marr, an expert in virus transmission at Virginia Tech and, ironically, an author of a and recent commentary of laying out the science behind mask wearing. Hmm, that wasn't like a plug for a book at all, was it? So then, Lindsay, now... Deeper in here, Lindsay goes on to say that expert, there's a trade-off because at some point in time we run the risk of making it too hard to breathe. So, what's oh, the wow. number? What's the, is it? Is 23 masks appropriate? Because is that what I have to wear to go to Costco? Is 23 masks? Will that prevent me from getting the virus? Or is is it 17? Or is it just two? So she's an expert and has a book out. Yeah, I think she's got a book that talks about. The importance of a mask, I guess. Or? Well, she uh, how masks work to stop the virus, right? So through all through that, all the changes, once that again, have, that's if the virus is droplet. Well, once we've, again, we've all we've, hypothesized. We both hypothesized that it's airborne. Yeah, but he, but here's the thing, though. Everybody's making up these rules, and it's none of it's science based. No, none of it is. Because we know at the beginning of the pandemic, we've played it on here when Fauci said, wearing a mask is not important. It might make you feel better. I'm actually probably quoting him. I've heard it so many times. Yeah. But it is not necessarily protective. And at some point in time, he switched his comments. Yeah, his narrative. Right. And so people are thinking, and he didn't come out and say, the reason I switched is because there was new evidence presented to me that showed beyond a reasonable doubt that mask wearing is truly the best way to protect because we know from the current information that masks are being worn 90% of the time in most areas, at least 90, if not more mask wearing is highly being done by everybody. It's um, the compliance is really high on mask wearing in public. Mm-hmm. So why are we having more spread? Why are we having more viral spread? I, I don't understand. Everyone's saying, well, there's more people infected, more virus. It's worse. There's worse virus now. There's a worse virus coming from the UK. Every day it's something different. I am not dismissing that this exists. I've seen people die from it. 
I've had colleagues who've died from it. I am yeah. not dismissing the virus. I'm saying that if we as scientists are not questioning the current data that's being presented and trying to either prove it true or false, if we're not questioning the status quo, and we do what this article suggests, and we just wear two masks because, well, shit, Two's you know, better than a one. football coach did it, so it must be appropriate, right? Yeah. He smokes. You should smoke, too. He drinks Pepsi. You should drink Pepsi, too. Like, that's what they're saying. This is a... Anyway, the article was... I had to read it on here because it's so hilarious. It's so hilarious, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And hypocritical. Oh my God. So, moving forward, the U.S. Department of State has published on uh, state.gov a fact sheet that you guys can look up about activity at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is where this supposedly all happened. This was published the 15th of January, yesterday. Okay. Um, this was published, and it says that uh, the office of the spokesperson said that for more than a year, the Chinese Communist Party has systematically prevented a transparent and thorough investigation of the origin of this disease, COVID-19. So they, they say that the illness inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology U.S. government has reason to believe that several researchers inside the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, became sick in early autumn of 2019 before the first identified case of an outbreak with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and a common seasonal illness. This raised questions about the credibility of their senior researcher, whose public claim was that there was zero infection rate among the staff there. Um... Accidental infections in labs have caused several previous virus outbreaks in China and elsewhere, including the 2004 SARS outbreak in Beijing that infected nine people and killing one. The Communist Chinese Communist Party has prevented independent journalists, investigators, global health authorities, and all from interviewing the researchers at that area in Wuhan Institute yeah. of Virology, um, including those who were ill in the fall of 19. So you can't make any credible inquiry. So starting in at least 2016, um, with no indication of stop prior to COVID-19 outbreak, the researchers conducted experiments in, involving a bat coronavirus identified by the Wuhan Institute of Virology in 2020. 2020. So in 2016, they were already investigating this particular virus. Of course they were. Right? Um so that brings my question were they already working on a anti or were they working on an antiviral they could have been were they working on you know a way to stop it prior to now i mean they they could have been that would answer how we got here in a year to have a vaccine they could have been the problem was there was we've never had a vaccine for covid anything right ever right so for us to get to where we're at right now I mean, I guess we could have been working in conjunction with Wuhan, but I didn't hear much about that in the news, obviously. So this goes this goes further. It's pretty creepy. It says secret military activity at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, despite WIV, which is Wuhan Institute of Virology, prevent, presenting itself as a civilian institution, the United States has determined that the WIV has collaborated on publications and secret projects with China's military. 
They have been engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military since at least 2017. And for many years, the United States has publicly raised concerns about China's past biological weapons work, which Beijing has neither documented nor demonstrably eliminated, despite its clear obligation to under the Biological Weapons Convention. The United States and other donors who funded or collaborated on civilian research have the right and obligation to determine whether any of the research was funding or diverted to secret Chinese military projects. So this is coming straight from the states, but this is from the government. This isn't from a newspaper article that's been manipulated. This is directly being written by um, the department office of the spokesperson, and they call it a fact sheet activity at the, so this is coming from our government. Yeah. U S department of state. This isn't, I mean, I'm reading that they're saying that they're accusing China of weaponizing COVID, creating a weaponized virus in a lab for the Chinese Communist Party, and it acts as, like, this is big news. Why is this not a conversation in national media right now? Because stuff like this could lead us into big-time trouble with war. Yeah. Accusations like this, but we're making the okay. But we we're making the accusations from the State Department or from the, the, the yeah our government's making government. This yeah, yeah, but it's not being reported on at all. Yeah, I didn't hear of it. I mean, this you said this came out yesterday. Yeah, it came out the fifteenth. So what's today? Today's the eighteenth. So three days ago. Three days ago, I hadn't heard about it, but I'm I'm not in the now. I don't. You know. I don't, yeah. You. Yeah. No. You're not. I'm not looking out for this stuff, but you know what? This is this people send this shit to me. I don't look out for it either. It just shows up in my world. I don't know why, this, but I find it. Well, that's very good <laughs> because th- this would should be reported on right now. Yes, absolutely. Because this should it, be being reported on, but the and problem we should be assessing it and addressing it the, the as pro- a as a group. Yes, the problem is unfortunately it fits somebody else's agenda versus somebody else's agenda. Yeah, it's yeah. You're like, right. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that's very frustrating with the agendas. Okay. Here's the thing. So the, I'll just say it. He, the orange man, <laughs> okay, has said a lot of things before it's happened, and it, it's relatively came true. He kept saying that there's going to be a vaccine by the end of the year, right? Because he knew. He knew that they were work. He knew that everybody was working on it. Well, I think it was in the world's best interest that, I mean, when you put that many people, scientific people from all these different biochemical Correct. companies together on focus them on one task at hand, you're probably going to have a good outcome. But he knew. But he knew it was going to happen. Correct. He knew that it was probably going to happen before the election. Right. He knew because he, he kept saying it, but he couldn't say it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And then he also he kept saying that this virus from China is from China, came right. from China. Right. It's a Chinese virus. Right. I mean, he's not saying it because it's funny. Well, we called it the Spanish flu in, in what, 1918. We called it the Spanish flu. Yet research has shown that it probably came from a military base in Kansas and went to Spain. Oh, interesting. And then... So someone was sick on the military base. And so what China has done is they've tried to say that because at the time of the breakout of this, 
there was a military operation going on. We were over there somewhere. I don't know what yeah, we were I doing. He- I heard that. So there, China has tried to say that it's coming from our military, but that's a direct copy of what ha- what the s- historical story is for the 1918 Spanish, Spanish yeah. flu. But what I'm getting at, though, is this guy has said some things that were never reported on. Right. Like, what was coming out of his mouth was things that, well, let's do some investigation. How close are we to a, a vaccination? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times in the beginning of the year or maybe in March and April, May, June, July, August, hell, even August. Right. There, we're not going to get a, virus, uh, a vaccination. We're not going to get a vaccine. I didn't believe no it. No way. I didn't believe it. I still, I don't know. The, we'll talk about the side effects of the virus because I've had, everyone's had horrible side of course, effects from of it. Of course, of you course. Know? But my point, though, is as from much the as the vaccine, people, I said virus, but vaccine. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's side effects from the virus, people. We know this, but I'm talking the vaccine. But the point, though, uh, that I'm getting with, getting at is that it's been, he, it's been said and nobody's really reported on it. It's not, it's like it's no big deal. Like, we're not going to report on it now. Right. But I mean... To be fair, he's tweeted some weird stuff too. You know what I mean? Like I'm just talking the, about what he's what he has said at a podium, not even what he's tweeted. Right. Well, I'm just saying what I'm reading here, and the fact that I'm reading it from the government's website that says fact sheet activity at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I mean, they've obviously done a bunch of research over the last year to determine how this all came I, about. And I know, and I'm saying that this could have came out. We could have probably published this a lot sooner than January 15th. Well, you and I kind of hypothetically published this. It was a theoretical hypothesis paper done via podcast pseudo paper that was done last year when this podcast started. Yeah. This was our hypothetical, you know, pseudo theory that this kind of happened. Now it's almost like you get confirmation of your worst theoretical fear. And now my question goes to, oh my gosh, where do we go from here? Yeah. Like, if this is the case, and this is what our State Department is feeling, I I have really I have bigger concerns because one president's leaving and another president's coming in, and their opinion on this virus is diametrically opposed. It's all political-based versus scientifically-based. So you've got, oh, yeah. you know, the Republican Party leaving who's saying that, eh, this is kind of fake, it's bullshit or whatever. You know, some of them, not all of the people are, but some of the people are. Yeah. And open schools, then you've got the Democrats saying, keep everyone under lockdown, we need to lock down for another month, and we're going to make a mandated masking for the next 100 days. My first 100 days in office, Joe Biden has said he's going to try and make masking, you know, a, a specific thing. Everyone has yeah, to wear 100 masks days. for 100, 100 days, days, and he's going to give people money or whatever. I don't remember what all he said, but that was the big part. $1,400. Whatever it is, it's money. So now, I, Well, what's funny is it's $1,400, right? Yeah. We They already got six. Okay. And now Joe Biden wants to come in with 1400 Okay. You add it up, it's two grand. Okay. That's the exact number that somebody else wanted to give to begin with. Uh, yeah, see, that's all it's above just, my head. I don't even pay attention just, to that no, shit. The point, though, is... It doesn't matter what anybody's saying. Nobody's reporting and nobody gives a shit. But no, but my question this is, this should is that be like, uh, this everyone... should be front page news. Oh yeah, absolutely. This should be the lead story. And it, it wasn't. Cause it wasn't some wet market 
in China. None of this talks to you about the wet market. None of this. And there's been speculation from the beginning that having someone eat a bat that was infected and then that become virus in the human body. We all like the scientists. We all knew it was bullshit. The scientists knew that that transition is is a, you know difficult to happen that way. Yeah, you know because especially if you just take it back to let's say rabies, right? Rabies dog bites you that has rabies or a fox or a raccoon or something that has rabies, yeah. and then you get rabies. You know, how long before you start biting people to give them rabies? Like, how long does that progress happen? And I'm kind of being tongue-in-cheek here a little bit because it takes a while, I would think, and it would be more of a sci-fi movie than anything else. Yeah, right. Right? So in this regard, that's what made me think in the beginning that this was a weird thing for it to go from eating an animal to creating a person-to-person transmissible virus. And we've even shown that this was definitely available way before December because Taiwan was closing their borders because they knew about it at the end of December in 2019. So, well, we even knew about it just by going over the WHO dates. Correct. Their first encounter via WHO was December 15th. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already know, we already know, and we can see that it takes, well, everyone says it takes 10 to 14 days. We know that that's not necessarily true. Yeah. There's an article right here that talks about the distance and the time and the incubation Perfect. period being longer. Yeah. So we already, we can see clinical data. Right. Right. Of people that have had it. Now it's not a study. Mind you, people need to understand the difference between clinical data and a study. A study is done just to specifically prove or disprove a theory or a point. Yeah. yeah. Clinical data is what are we seeing happen in the real world in real time? In real time, yeah. How how are they presenting to my ER? Yeah. So if I get 65 or 150 or 300 gunshot victims coming into my hospital like happened on October 1st, I can assume that there's a bunch of people shot and there's, a, there's someone with a gun out there. I'm not going to think, oh, my gosh, some honeybees are attacking people. Like, my theory is going to be pretty solidified in the fact that yeah. young people are being shot. There's someone attacking people, right? And, I mean, I use that because that happened yeah. here in Vegas. But, you know, our theory, our clinical data is based on what we're seeing in the clinic or in the hospital or in the ER or in the, you know, in your doctor's office. Yes, that is correct, sir. Well, this Argentinian uh, group of fishermen... They all tested negative, 61 of them tested negative in Buenos Aires and set out for uh, this location to go on a a ship, uh, an Antarctic voyage. So they went, they were flown up to Yashuya, so I'm probably pronouncing it Yashuya, U-S-H-U-A-I-A. Okay. So they were flown to that location. They tested negative, were flown to that location, and then they quarantined in a hotel there for two weeks before setting sail on this boat. It's not actually a sailboat, which is stupid. I guess you do set sail, but I don't know. I'm not a ship guy. I don't know. But there's no sails on this boat, by the way. It's all engines. It's a fishing boat, I think. Anyway, so they're up there. There's crew members, and after weeks of them being at sea, they spent 35 days at sea. Of the 61 people on board that vessel, 57 
have COVID-19. So they were tested negative. They quarantined for two weeks. And then they all got on the ship together. And they didn't see another person for 35 days. They were out at sea in very, very cold weather. And they all came back. Well, all but four of them came back with COVID. Two of them are hospital. Three of them are hospitalized. One's on oxygen. Hmm. Now, why? They can The officials can't even tell you why. Con- especially considering that for thirty-five days they had no contact with dry land. Yeah, they had contact with each other. Right. So it doesn't talk about it in the article, but I have some theories because I found another article. <laughs> This has been my article dives for the last few weeks. So I have a feeling that uh, the masks are useless because it's being transmitted through food. Through food? Yeah. Hmm. I have a belief that in uncooked food, I mean, so if you're cooking it, right, if you're cooking a hamburger, the heat would kill it off, Right. But if you're eating a bag of pretzels or ice cream from China, oh, because <laughs> yeah, this uh, this article states that officials. Um, this was published two days ago. Ice cream from China was contaminated with coronavirus. Three samples of ice cream from. A Chinese company, and it doesn't tell me what the company is. They won't give the name of the company. Why doesn't it give the name of the company? But three samples of ice cream um, coming out of the Tianjin Daquato Food Company um, were found to have coronavirus. Now, why would they test the food? Why would this Chinese... I was just thinking that myself. Why? What prompted these people in China... To test the Chinese food. Why? They know more shit than they're letting on. They know something. And we're being dumb. We're dumb Americans and we're following the guidelines and the steps and the procedures. And if all the masks are working, all the stuff's happening. But this food company finds samples of ice cream that test positive. They dumped 2,089 boxes of product. Although officials believe that double that amount 4,836 boxes have been contaminated. So they only threw half of it away. They think and they presume that almost 5,000 cases of this product is contaminated, but they only threw 2,000 plus away. Now, this is ice cream that's in China? Um, like, as far as I, I can tell, I would hope that we yes. don't export well, ice cream. Right. Or import ice cream to us. Well, we do because all of the stuff that they got, to make their ice cream came out of New Zealand. The milk powder was imported from New Zealand and the whey powder was imported from Ukraine for the raw material. Yeah, but I bet you it came from the person making the actual... It had to have. Did it? Did it have to have? What if it was in the whey powder from Ukraine? I doubt it. I, 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 I You doubt it, but I'm saying let's just play devil's advocate here you yeah, can please. you let's, can let's you can do doubt that all day but we haven't proven it so it's just a pure hypothesis that you're saying that you don't have any basis of scientific knowledge that that was the case i would have i would have to go with my gut 
well, not necessarily my gut, but my understanding of, of what China has done to not send out information on how many people actually have the coronavirus in China. Okay. There's no way that we can come in at 4 million people or 4.6 million people positive, mm-hmm. and they're at only 80,000. No, we know that's not the case. Meaning, no. meaning that they know that there's way more people that are coming down with it. It wouldn't surprise me that that company reported a mass increase of possible COVID-19 cases. Right. And so they said, well, hey, let's test the ice cream because they're, they've reported a lot of cases. Right. And guess what? They found COVID in ice cream. But I mean, that would be the logical sense. Yeah. So there's a guy, a uh, virologist from uh, Leeds, uh, University of Leeds, and named Stephen Griffin. And he said that this contamination is likely a, quote, one-off, unquote. And it's not indicative of a broader issue with the ice cream plant itself. Now, okay, but that's a hypothesis as well. Yeah. He's hypothesizing. Because what prompted these people to test ice cream? That's what I'm saying. Something pushed them to test ice cream. Nobody in the U.S. is testing any food product whatsoever. We're not testing food to see if it has coronavirus. No, I, I don't know. if We may have been testing meat. Remember when there was a... No, no. Outbreak? The meat packers were sick. Not the meat. We tested the people in the meat I plant. know, but did we test the meat at all? Not that I know of. Okay. I can't say that no 100%. If, I don't know that for a fact, but... I don't remember reading anything about us testing food anywhere. But it would make sense. So if this would, is wouldn't it, it make sense that like wouldn't it make sense if we were able to test the meat when the meat packers were positive if the food was carrying it. Yeah. So the hypothesis here, which is I find ironic is that the cold weather and the cold uh ice cream allowed for the virus to survive. And the guys that went to Antarctica, because Antarctica is not a beach, <laughs> it's a little cold. They got COVID. So did the does the cold weather like no one's asking does cold weather exist? We've had a spike, right? Yeah. North North America's had a spike in cases. Is it because of the cold weather? Every well, every everywhere there's been a second spike, and it's been a second spike in cold weather. Cold weather, right? Yes. But we contribute the spike to cold weather being people are getting closer are, together, closer together, staying indoors. Ironically, we're, we're pissed that they're staying indoors and we, we've told them all to stay indoors. That's the most stupid thing. I ever. know. It, it, like I said, a lot of this stuff isn't, isn't science based. But I'm saying that if it's if it's in the food, if it's in our, if it's in the if it can be in freaking ice cream, it can be in food supply. So to I what? Mean, Think about the theory. The theory is is that if it's in the food supply, it was in the food supply on the ship. And that's why they all tested negative in Buenos Aires. And they all tested negative and then they quarantined for 14 days. And then they were out at sea. Some meal that they were served while at sea had COVID in it. Mm. And all those people at sea, because that ship didn't get loaded at fucking sea. It got loaded at a port somewhere Well, with food in it. The only thing that I would... Say could you'd have to say where could so your your argument is where could they have gotten it? Yeah, the the absolutely the what I'm getting at is they could have gotten it from some kind of contact at the hotel that they quarantined at, 
Absolutely, they could have done that too. Because and they, and they could have been. This could be a longer. This could be a longer latency period as well that we're not even seeing. So you could be have no symptoms, have not enough viral load to spike on a PCR even at seven hundred repetitions or whatever they're doing now to get. It's not seven hundred; it's like thirty-five or forty. But it might not even show on the PCR test, right? And you haven't built up an immunity to it because you haven't had it. So you're not going to have any antibodies. Yeah. So maybe it sits dormant for 30 days. In cold weather. But it cold in warm weather, it's dormant. Because in Buenos Aires, it's not cold. And then they flew to Antarctica. They were in cold weather for two weeks. Which exacerbated the function of the virus. Now, again, I'm not a virologist. I'm simply looking at, yeah, you know, anecdotal evidence pushing me to a conclusion. So it becomes up to someone, a scientist, to test it. So your conclusion is? I have two plausibles. It's either on the food that was taken up there and was in a box of the food or type of food that they had. And when that food got created or served or whatever, everyone got exposed to the virus at that time. That's that's hypothesis one. Hypothesis two is that somebody or some people, not everyone, but a couple, one or two people in the group had a very low, minuscule viral load while in Buenos Aires and tested negative. There wasn't enough virus grown yet in their nasal mucosa or the back of their throat yeah. for them to test positive on a PCR test, even on a swab. Now, when they got to cold weather, that allowed the growth to like triple its speed because it was suppressed in warm weather. So when they were in cold weather, the growth was exponential. And now, even though they quarantined for 14 days, it didn't take long before someone with a high viral load on the ship was able to replicate and duplicate, and because it was cold, the virus duplicated quicker at a faster rate, and now everyone on the boat is sick. It's interesting. Did they tell you in the the article? The article did did everyone catch or get sick at the same time, or because you said they were out for three weeks, right? They're out for thirty five days. Okay, so and they all came back with it. So they. The story is that they left without it and came back with it. But I, I would be curious. It would be curious for me, or it would be interesting for me to know that at fourteen day mark of being out there for thirty five days, two people had it, and then at, yeah, what's the duplication rate? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like they're saying, okay, they're testing positive. So are they positive with symptoms or without symptoms? Well, there's only two. There's everyone came back. It seems like. From the story, um, four people didn't. Four people were negative. So first Three of all, we should were... be testing why they're negative. Yeah, I know that should be the that should be the question, not why are they positive. Like, why are the four people negative? What is their? It's, yeah, because there's close contact there, obviously, or maybe it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Maybe they're executives of the ship and they slept in separate quarters or didn't or, interact with the crew. Or maybe they know. maybe they had COVID at one point. Yeah, in the past. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. So, first off, I'd want to know when was the first, what, what, how long on into their journey did the first person contract symptoms? Well, 
so one one of my oh, let me backtrack a minute because one of my hypotheses was that food was loaded on the ship, but it, well, the ship was never in Argentina; just the guys were. Yeah. So the food was loaded on in the port in Yeshua, wherever the hell that is. Uh, I don't know where that's at. I don't know where that place is. But that's where they loaded all the food for the ship. Okay. And that is, oh, that's in Argentina. Okay. So it's going to be warmer there. It's right now, it's 49 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> but there, but there again. But that's South America, so it's summer more. Isn't it warmer down there right now? Uh, South America, we're cold. They should be warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there again, who, at what point, who had the first set of symptoms and how, what time frame was it right in the beginning? I don't think it would be because I would have, you would just have to assume that as soon as people started getting sick, they would have turned around and came back. I think, but I don't know. There could have been a quota that they needed to hit. You know, through hell or high water, right? <laughs> they're hitting that quota. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know. I, so we know four people are not sick. We right. know that four people are in the hospital. Three, one's on oxygen. That's okay. what the article says, okay. and that was two days ago or whatever. So three is in the hospital with one being on oxygen in the hospital. Yep. And then the rest are either. I lied. Two have been hospitalized in the regional hospital of that. Yushuya, okay, Tierra del Fuego, one is receiving oxygen. So two people are hospitalized of the fifty-seven who were sick with it. Now it does say well, that it says fifty-seven who tested positive. It doesn't say that they were sick. Well, it's correct. Tested positive. You're correct. Yeah, we know two were sick. One of the two is on oxygen. So the real question is, how long? it take for them to actually contract the virus? Number two, do they ha- actually have symptoms? Right. But this is a really interesting case because they're, like, isolated from the rest of the world. Correct. Correct. So where did it come from? The hotel. It could have. It could have. You're absolutely right. I mean, you it very well could have. But in, here's the problem. coming in, cleaning I don't, the rooms. I don't see anything that... Uh, I don't, I don't see anything that says that there's a bunch of people infected in that place. But we don't know where they were prior to getting to that hotel room. Well, according to them, they all traveled with the company. The company flew them from Buenos Aires, which is in Argentina, to the far south end of Argentina, like the far super south tip of Argentina. They were tested, flown to the far south edge, and then quarantined for 14 days. 35 days later... The majority of them, all but four, have yeah. COVID. Like ghost ships type stuff. Weird stuff. Because they didn't come in contact with anyone else. And it's not like a little ship. This is a huge, huge vessel. Well, it doesn't fit the argument of... I mean, it, it could fit the argument of asymptomatic carrier. Somebody who... But they would have tested positive without symptoms. Would they? Maybe they wouldn't. How many negative tests or positive tests that we've found have been wrong? I've seen evidence of it in the hospital. I've thought a patient had COVID a couple times, two negative tests, and then all of a sudden they start desatting and they're not doing well on a high flow nasal cannula, 
and it comes back and they're positive for COVID. Yeah, that so that's po- so but they had symptoms though. Later they had symptoms. Initially they had symptoms of pneumonia or tacky heart rate or yeah, something but was it going looked, on. But it looked like from a radiology radi- radiologist perspective that it was COVID. Yes. And when you tried the to testing keep, it was negative. Correlate that, it was negative. Correct. So the viral load was not enough to set off the test. Not enough, but it, it was coming. Yeah, right. Obviously, but see, so that was coming in a week. But these guys might have been maybe cold weather speed. Like no one's answering that question. Does cold weather speed up the replication rate of the virus? See, I still feel like no. And the reason why I say that is because all you just need to do, all you need to have is one person with symptoms in that boat to spread it regardless if it's cold or Correct. hot. So especially if we, well, the other thing here, and everyone's going to, not everyone, but people might ask, were they wearing masks? Like, probably not. No. I'm going to say no. Well, let's say, hey, let's argue that they did. Let's say that they did wear a mask. Oh, okay. Guess what? They still got it. <laughs> right. Like, but, but if they did or on. didn't, but I'm saying... The, ar- it's the, not, the what argument if they double from- masked? <laughs> what if they double masked? Yeah, the, would, would it it's been- like an N95, sort of, because it's like two surgical masks, but it's thick. Once again, it, it listen, if they were wearing masks, it proves our point even more so. Yeah, but I don't know that. So I, it's all hypothesis. So I, I have to argue it from the negative. I have to argue from or look at it from the perspective that they didn't have masks on. To make it easier for the virus to spread between person to person. Yeah. Right? I have to argue it from that side. Well, yeah, because you figure they're when they when they go to make dinner and when they're eating in a mess hall or whatever, they're generally in a small tight space anyways. On a ship, yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. you're not gonna wear a mask when you're shoving food in your face. No, of course not. So the question becomes, was it on the food? I just feel like there's a lot of things left out on in this article that we really uh, need. Well, to know. this is all new. It just happened. So they're still getting data. Right? Sure. And hopefully we'll find out something. I doubt we will, but I'm hopeful. This might just be the last we ever hear of it, and no one will look at it again. It'll just be the weirdest thing that happened. One of the many weird things that happened. Well, you know, there there is a article out there that I was reading to you, which is kind of the same concept of it kind of goes away or it is going away or based on the agenda of, you know, different offices coming in and, you know, leaving and and coming in Mm -hmm. and um, how the narrative, the narrative can change, which then changes who the winner and losers are. Yeah. True. So okay. really, you know, all it all it needs to take is the 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 game has changed. The rules have changed. Thus, the outcomes are now different. Though then it turns into a favor of like, for example, if the argument is, if the argument is, the testing is different. Remember, we were talking about that. Yeah. Right. So if you if you test, you know. Some of these tests are showing COVID, but they're, the viral load within these people are very low. Okay. So they really are, yes, they're positive, but they're not positive spreaders. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, you can have a lot of people positive, 
but that doesn't correlate to a lot of people that are actually spreading disease, getting even more people sick. Okay. So if you change the rules, then it doesn't look as bad, I guess. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're just changing the, changing the endpoint essentially. Yeah. And so that, that really is, you know, that kind of goes, you know, that's why it's really interesting to get this isolated thing. If people, if, if the scientific community can come together and pull the data, it might actually prove or disprove certain things that we can then move on from. I would love to see more data from this. You know particular what I mean? Like instance. you can then Absolutely. argue, you can argue that you don't need a lockdown or you can argue right. that you don't need masks because it doesn't help or whatever. But you can you 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 have a really unique scenario with this 35 or 50 64 man crew or whatever the right. number is. Right. Um and how many really truly got sick from it and how many actually were low viral loads but they were still positive. Like there was a study we were talking about last time we were on podcast. I believe maybe we haven't. I don't even know. There's that study out of Wuhan that that oh yeah, that shows the masks are useless. Ten million people or something, right? So they did ten million people, but what they were showing was asymptomatic carriers was non-existent. Right, but then JAMA came out with an article that says, through metadata analysis, it shows that they could work. So everyone's only clamoring on the JAMA network one because of all the negative connotation coming out of Wuhan. Wuhan of course. But, it, I mean, here's a perfect example of, I mean, you isolated, you literally isolated everybody that came back positive. You told their whole family to stay in their house, which is what they were doing right. for 14 days. Then they were retesting, and they were finding out, oh, look at that. <laughs> they didn't catch it. Family members didn't catch it. Oh, but the one person that had it was positive, but he had no symptoms. So they showed zero Zero effect of of positive with symptoms versus positive without. Right. Which is the whole argument of asymptomatic. Yeah. No, that makes sense. The whole argument of shutdown and everything because of the worry of the spread. But there again, you know, in, in our in that article I was reading, H one N one had sixty eight million people that were positive for H one N one. And right now we're at four point six million with with COVID-19. Right. I mean, it's 1% of the population has passed from it. It's big. Like those numbers, no pan, no pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean for the flu, no pandemic, no one wore masks, no nobody social masks, distance, nobody, but yeah. here four point whatever million. That was 2009 when that came out. Yeah. I just saying people like, don't even remember it. <laughs> like I people won't forget this, but people don't remember the, the, Bird flu that what was it? Not the bird flu. What was that one? It was, a, it was from China. It was a virus from. It was a flu from China. But what was the China? what? Not West Nile. No, no. What was the what was the flu in two thousand nine? Swine flu. Swine flu. Yeah. Yeah. Swine flu. H one N one. Yeah. Another well, one from China. So here's some here's some really scary video that I've seen out of China recently, um, and it mirrors what happened at the beginning of the year in twenty twenty. Excuse me. So in 2020, there was some, it's hard to get video out of China. If people who don't know, like who are listening to this podcast here in America, you just post a video, it goes out to the internet, you know, in China, 
they do not have the same internet that we have. They do not have access to the World Wide Web. They have access to the Chinese Communist Party's version of an internet web source that can be spread around through there. And then it's all regulated. And any media that leaves that area has to be still, to this day, smuggled out of China. I can, when I was a photographer, I did a bunch of reports on the, the photographers who took a picture of tank men at Tiananmen Square and how they had to get their photographs at the time because there was no digital media back then. They had to get their photographs out, and they were captured and seized by the Chinese Communist Party, the police. Yeah. And they hid it and they hid the film in like tank toilet tanks and came back later to get it and drove on mopeds and motorcycles across the border to get it out of there, like super spy stuff. Well, today to get data out, it's a little easier, but it's still hard because of the essentially the wall, not the Chinese Great Wall of China, but the digital Great Wall of China that they have in accessing data. There's video out, it was back then, and now new videos come out of a different province. So originally it was Wuhan, now it's Hubei province. In the Hubei, I think I'm saying that right. Again, I don't pronounce Chinese names very well, I'm probably wrong. But in the Hubei province, they're welding people in their homes. I've heard, I've heard this. So they're welding doors shut, and there's video of welders welding doors closed. You're not allowed to come out. Now, in Hubei, people in China are wearing the health support. They're wearing a full level one hazmat suit. It's a level one taped and rubber boots and papper hazmat suit. Taped to the sleeves, taped to the cuffs. I mean, full on viral load level stuff spraying themselves and everyone else they come in contact with down on top of wearing the suit and they're welding people shut in their homes. There was video of a guy with a window open and he took a made, took a rope and so that he could walk his the dog wasn't peeing in the house and then he lifted the dog back up three stories. Wow. So now they're welding million we don't even comprehend the numbers in the u.s people i don't think get it there's a billion plus chinese people a billion that's you know with a b <laughs> right so if if we estimate that 2.5 million people died in wuhan is what i estimate my estimation is 2.5 million people either died or were, you know they're missing right unaccounted okay. for okay and that's coming from other sources that I have. But so 2.5 million people are gone. And they're saying that this new virus in Hubei is worse or a, it's a bigger, more scary virus than the previous COVID-19 virus that came out. Yikes. I thought I was re I thought I read something. something. I have to look because... It was like they were predicting. They were predicting that the somewhere I don't know if it was in March of this year, coming up, that there's a I don't want to say prediction, but I want to say like they they're saying that there's supposed to be like a, a virus pretty bad. Well, so they said that they locked down 22 million people in Hubei province alone, which is double the number of people that were locked down in Wuhan. Damn. 
so again, we don't, I don't think we really know. The question I have is, yeah, it's transmission from person to person is there. We know that. We know that to be the case because doctors intubating patients and nurses caring for patients wouldn't be getting it, right? Yeah. If they weren't, if there wasn't person to person transmission. But I can show you a video here of, or not video, but pictures here. And I've got video, which we don't have a video podcast, but of welding doors shut. It's available on Twitter. Jennifer Zhang, she goes by the handle Jennifer at N as in November TD. On January 3rd, she posted a video that shows uh, all the people in Tyvek suits welding people in their doors. Well, this is in Zingzhou. This in, is by Medscape, the one I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. More transmittable variant could dominate by March, CDC warns. Mm hmm. Just over one month since UK investigators cautioned the world about the emergence of a new, more transmittable SARS-CoV-2 variant, CDC, Center for Disease and Control and Prevention, Control and Prevention, warned this new one will predominate across the United States by March. As of January 13th, the B.1.1.7 variant of covid cov SARS-CoV-2 was detected in 76 cases across 10 U.S. states, researchers report January 15th, in an early release of the CDC Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know if it's the, the that same one. Right. But, uh, you know, they're saying no time to waste. Report comes as new U.S. COVID-19 cases numbers continue to rise. The Let's see what it says. The, yeah, um, the CDC researchers reemphasize tactics to control the pandemic, particularly in light of the B.1.1 variant. Yeah. So including the well-known mask wearing, distancing, hand hygiene, isolation, and quarantine measures. Well, here's the hilarious part is that the people in China that are trying to like mitigate this virus are wearing level one hazmat suits yeah, and pappers. I'm afraid your bandana is ineffective. Yeah, or any mask that's been made by China. Because <laughs> it's not being made here. I'm just saying, well, let's do this. I wonder if it's a variant or not. I mean, you know, or if it's just something brand new. Who knows? Who knows? I I have no clue. But I do know this. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with one more story for the rest of this podcast because I got a pretty cool, scary update that has nothing to do with COVID. So it'll be interesting.
medically unbiased. So because of the news is always COVID all the time, right? I was introduced to a new article um, and the Heart Rhythm Society has this story out that's kind of interesting and scary at the same time, I guess I'd say. Um, it was published uh, just recently, January 4th, and it talks... So I work in cardiology and I deal with pacemakers on a regular basis, patients who have them. Um, we get them implanted for... I have doctors who implant the pacemakers and patients, um, defibrillators, pacers. So any generally a magnet, a strong magnet, as you know from working in the ER, the patient comes in, they don't have a pulse, they're pulseless, but they have a paced rhythm. You can use a magnet to stop the function of the pacer. Yes. Um, and, and we've been telling people for years not to keep cell phones in their pocket, their breast pocket, chest pocket, because normally... Generally, a pacemaker goes on the left side of someone's chest just under the skin and its wires attached to the heart to innervate the heart to make it beat. So it's kind of on the surface of the skin. But it happens to be close to where that left breast shirt pocket is for a men's shirt. So we've been telling people for years not to put your cell phone or any electronics devices in that pocket, right? You stand away from microwaves. You don't get in any of that. Anyway, recently... They found that the iPhone 12, because of the way the iPhone 12 has been constructed, it has this circular array of magnets around a central charging coil, which allows the phone to easily write itself when you place it on a charging pad, a wireless charging pad. Okay. It helps center it on the charging pad. Those magnets will center it on that charging pad. Those magnets in the array are strong enough to shut off a pacemaker. Wow. That's huge. They'll stop it from functioning. Somebody sent you this link? <laughs> uh, Yeah. It wasn't Apple. <laughs> Apple did not. One of my EP physicians sent me this link. That is, It's really interesting because that's another thing that I don't hear being talked about. No. I mean, so... You would, you would hope that Apple would come out and say that, hey, you know, and again, if you have a pacemaker, I want you to go speak with your cardiologist. If you have a, a phone, don't keep it in your pocket. Go talk to your cardiologist. Go, go talk to the professionals and say, hey, what's going on? What do you think of this? But again, Heart Rhythm Society's journal um, posted on January 4th that the way these magnets are arranged on this particular phone will cause a problem it will literally show um it was able they were able to show they did it for patients they would hook patients up to the programmer and the device programmer showed suspension of your icd therapy when the iphone 12 was laying over the patient's chest um yeah and it was i mean they tested it numerous times to prove that it would work and were able to replicate it every time so a little bit more education when you're talking to the brand new pacemakers. Well, we just highlighted at the beginning of the podcast that more of my older people are starting to use social media more. So the before it was really funny. They would have what they called the jitterbug phone. It was like a flip phone with big buttons. But now that they're using Facebook and Twitter and social media and FaceTime and yeah. Zoom, they're using these Android new and a- Apple. Apple, right? So if Apple and so if my elderly patients have a pacemaker you know 
it's important to know that these phones could be problematic for them. Oh, big problem. Yeah. So anyway, if you have a iPhone 12 or even an iPhone and you have a pacemaker, go talk with your doctor about that and uh, see what their advice is for you. So if I'm doing CPR out on, like out and about and the pa- we know the patient has a pacemaker and the family's like, no more, don't do it. And I was like, give me an Apple iPhone 12. <laughs> I can stop his rhythm. But he wouldn't have one if you're doing chest compressions on the person. Well, he would be hooked up to a... Why? You're out in the middle of nowhere and you're by... Your, like, He'd really? be hooked up to an AD. Your story lacks a lot of... <laughs> it's missing a lot of components here. It doesn't... It just needs one. Dude, no, no. You, you're a nurse. You... When the medics show up that have... Pre-hospital I doubt I'm even skills. doing I am a nurse. You're absolutely right, but I doubt I'm even doing any of that. But I'm there. saying when the paramedics show up that have all the pre-hospital skills, you say, okay, thanks, guys. You I'm got out. it from here. Later. Yeah. Or, you need a report? I'll give you, okay, nothing? Fine. Or That's cool. Or when they yell out, somebody call 911. That would be me to go and call the 911. <laughs> Wouldn't be the one calling it out. Yeah, you'd call 911 and you'd give them a freaking hospital report. I have a 71-year-old male, currently not breathing, not alert. Found down. Found down. Unknown downtime. <laughs> Bystander Perfect. chest compressions have begun. Uh, estimated uh, three minutes on those chest compressions. Uh, currently, patient appears to be 185 pounds. He's a white, Caucasian yeah, right. male. <laughs> um, Approximately six foot tall. He was found Unknown down. Unknown medical history. I believe he'll be a candidate for uh, code, code chill. Yeah. <laughs> We can throw a cold chill in there. We cold chill is a witness to rest. You Nimrod. You I know. I said currently he was found down. He was found we down, saw, but he, that's not a witness to rest. No, no, I'm saying we saw it. I'm saying we saw it. Oh no! Now you're see you change your story. I'm changing the narrative. God, man. Once again, I'm changing the narrative to work in my favor. Oh, are you a politician or what? It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for paying attention to us, everybody. We truly appreciate it. Remember to check us out on Twitter. You know. uh, we kind of want to hear from you on Twitter. We like to post some random stuff yeah, up there once hit, in a while. Hit us stuff. up at info at medicallyunbiased.com. Yeah. You've been listening to Medically Unbiased. Visit our website at medicallyunbiased.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Medically Unbiased. Listening to this podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship. The Medically Unbiased podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening.